Welcome, 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 welcome. I'm gonna say it right now. Welcome to the Renaissance episode of the album. I mean, of the show, because that's what this is. I mean, we're gonna be talking about it pretty much the whole time. So, if you're not a fan of Beyonce or a fan of the album, you might want to just skip this one. Or if you're a fan of just having a critical look at a project, or if you didn't like the album but you just like us, or you just want to hear. A take, stick around, and we'll try our best. I'm uh, Robert Brown, a.k.a. Uptown Bobby. I am K. Clark, um, a.k.a. Alien Superstar today. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of your ones? Yeah, it's one of the ones, yeah. Okay, and today we are here to talk about Beyonce's Renaissance Act 1 and just have a full, I don't want to say necessarily deep dive, but just... Just talk about it, talk about uh, the songs we liked, the songs we didn't like, the things we thought were really good, things we thought might have been bad, uh, the reception, the history behind it, mm-hmm. and just whatever else we can come up with. So right off the bat, um, how do you like the album? Well, really quickly, we were talking about right before we recorded, and I actually just woke up about 30 minutes ago to a nice surprise this Friday. Um, Beyonce on her Instagram shared the story of a track with her and Madonna, uh, basically a match with Break My Soul and, of course, Vogue, which is you know the classic 90s house track, uh, just dropped today uh, on the website, available for $129, which I just, you know, I must like it because I paid it for it and downloaded it. Um, so, yeah, it's... <laughs> You know, a nice surprise on this Friday, uh, at least for me, because Vogue is one of my favorite tracks, favorite Madonna songs. Um, and it's a good mashup. Still got Frida in the mix. And I mentioned this to, uh, to Uptown before we started recording, was, is that uh, one of the criticisms of the original Vogue was that, you know, she uh, she, she went to the source in terms of the choreography and, and in terms of the, the style. Uh, she went to you know, the House Extravaganza and she used Jose and Luis in, in the, Luis in the video for a Vogue and they choreographed the routine. But uh, it came, when it came to the, the rap specifically, she named on like these old white Hollywood stars. And if you weren't in the know, like I wasn't for a long time before I you know watched Paris and Burn things like that, I did I didn't know entirely the references she was making in terms of like Hollywood glamour and how it related to voguing. And so, but with Beyonce, she recentered uh, not just black women because she cites like Rosetta Tharp and Nina Simone and uh, Donna Ross and Whitney and Janet, which Janet on the Madonna track is probably the closest we're going to get. <laughs> um, but she also uh, cited like people of Asia and like legend- the legendary children, basically. So she recentered the people who who created the style of voguing, you know, and it's nice that uh, maybe Madonna or someone on her team was sort of aware of like maybe uh, doing a, a corrective to history in a, in a sense. So just wanted to get that out of the way. Uh, if you love Vogue and you love Rick My Soul, you probably love this mashup. So, but yes, uh, getting into the album, um, my thoughts, I mean, I, after the break my soul came out and it was a house thing, you know, it was, it was like the 90s house style. I, you know, I was, we, we talked about this on the previous, the previous show about, you know, just what we thought each track would be, we, you know, we were track by track and said, you know, we thought it would sound like. And uh, some ways very wrong, some ways very right. It's definitely like, um, if you've been reading any of the articles that's been out this week, it's, it's definitely like a, a, a like a, almost a history of, dance music you know whether that's not just house but also like detroit techno um disco um you know r&b uh a little bit of hyper pop some people, some people cited of course uh some bounce music in there uh with church girl uh, a little bit of like that atlanta miami bass 
uh, style in uh, America Has a Problem. So it's it's really like a, a like a I guess you can call it like a tour or like like a guide like a, a, a audio guide of the last let's say fifty years of dance music, electronic music, pop music. So I mean, it's very I mean it's Beyonce. So it's gonna, it's very dense. It's very uh studious, <laughs> but it's, but not studious. And, it's not studious and 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 dull. It's studious and pretty you know exciting music. So. Uh, my thought is that it flows very well. Um, I guess going back to the Madonna connection, uh, it reminds me of when um, Confession of a Dance Floor, Confessions on a Dance Floor came out, and she she uh the album was uh, mixed to be one long DJ set, like one track led to another. Uh, difference is, I guess that was, it was released in the CD era, and so once if you bought the CD at the time, you got the you got the seamless mix. But now on unless you I think people post like a link online, so like the, the full album nonstop mix, but if you go on, you know, YouTube, Spotify, title, it, it, it it'll just be track by track. You don't no longer have that that seamless mix. And with this, is is it really is? I mean, some of the tracks just cut off at the end, but it's really it really is like a seamless mix for the first, I would say, uh, four to five tracks. I don't I really don't think it stops the, the the full mix thing until Break My Soul actually. Um, you know, so it's it's and and the tracks like shape shift um within one track like like Pure and Honey. It starts with like as like a you know, a '90s Vogue house slash bitch track, and then it segues into like a like a '80s uh, synth pop track. You know, Church Girl, because you got, you got the Clarks as a sample, and it flips to like into the 808. You know, it's, the, it's like a um to the bounce into the bounce beat. Um, so it's just it's just <laughs> I'm probably like rambling a bit, but it's a lot going on. <laughs> it's a lot going on. It's it's like it's like it takes multiple listens to really and and definitely put on into the headphones, like hear everything that's happening. And hear all the transitions and hear all the like the different little references and things like that. Um, if you're interested, of course, if you're a super musical geeky person, uh, you can go to Vulture and they have like which that's what I'm looking at right now. Uh, they have a track by track uh, dance reference guide to the whole album. Um, so yeah, to me, like I said, it's very layered, it's very dense, it's very studious, but it's all, it also um, you know it it bops <laughs> uh, for the most part, you know. So uh, what do you think? I mean, yeah, all of what you just said, but uh, <laughs> no, nah, nah, I'm, I'm, I mean, here's the thing. I enjoy the album a great deal, uh, but I just, I'm not, I'm not, I haven't made it to the point where I'm really like gushing. Like I have a friend <laughs> and every day he sends a voice note like, man, this is her best album. Like every day he's like, oh, I, yeah. just, <laughs> I, I just think this the one, man. I think, God, he's like, he's like, he just leaves a voice note every day about the album. Mm. I I haven't reached that point, uh, but I could definitely appreciate it for what it is. Um, it's very very layered. Like it's so layered. Like this, I think it's the most layered and the most well. What's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say well researched, but yeah, it's the most layered constructed project she's ever done. I'll say that for sure because it sounds like. And I, four is my personal favorite Beyonce album because I just felt like four ran so all these other albums could fly, <laughs> and I feel like we finally, I think we, I think we came home. I, I feel like this is like the culmination of like four all the way to now. Like it just feels like she's a she's 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 at her um at the height of her powers because it's just so detailed like. I'm I'm amazed with the transitions. Like, uh, 
every like if like until like break my soul, it felt mm-hmm. like one long break my soul. It felt like one long song, and, and that's how seamless the transitions are. It's like it's like being at a party with like the greatest DJ ever. It's just like <laughs> it's just so seamless with how it is. I'm like, yo, this is like I when we talked about break my soul. I thought it was okay, you know. I thought mm-hmm. it was like, mm, I mean, it probably would be better suited for somebody else, but. Nah, man, <laughs> that's our song. <laughs> and then, like, like when you get into it, like in the context of the album, I like, I really love it. Like, I've come around on it a lot because it's just like the lead in from energy to mm-hmm. to it. It's just it's so seamless. I was just, I was, I was like, yes, I I, I like this song now. Yeah, <laughs> so, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Uh, I do think the back half of the album isn't as strong as the front, um, because it. I'm not the biggest like America has a problem with horrible. I'm glad. I'm so glad the title is very misleading. Uh, but I, I it's cool. I don't Just really love it. Them goons. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like move. I, I don't really love move neither. Um but yeah, I like heated. I like heated. I did like heated. Mm. Uh well, I I guess well, I I'll give my thoughts real quick on America as a problem. We can go, I guess we can go like track by track like we did last time, since we kind of have since we have the knowledge now. <laughs> uh well, but I think America has a problem, it grew on me. Um, because I listen to that one a lot. I, I like that um Atlanta-based influence because it samples a track called America as a problem. Um and which is uh, a track by the rapper Kylo Ali and DJ producer uh DJ Taz. Uh, we were like Atlanta based music in the 1990s uh, about a track called Cocaine, which does is actually listen to the original track. It does it is like a, 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 a sort of an uh, a indictment against I guess the cocaine a crack epidemic at the time, set to like this bassy beat. So, but she of course she uses it as like a drug metaphor for love and things like that. But yeah, but it grew on me. That one grew on me after a while because it wasn't my favorite at first. But uh, here we go. I guess we can start from the beginning. First track up. Uh, we got it opens with uh I'm that girl. Um which uh I mean that one is that one not necessarily my, I mean I like it. It's definitely as good as an intro. Um, you know, it sort of like gets things get things gets things rolling. Um it pulls a bit from hip hop and then you got and then you know this, you know she's just sort of doing what Beyonce does saying basically I'm I'm that girl bragging about herself. Uh, yeah, I, I want that crazy over. But, but then yeah, the next track gets into uh cozy. I like that's when we get into cozy, the house. Yes, yeah. Again, I like cozy. Too. I like I like the stuff she's saying on cozy too. Yeah, Just it's like, like self love. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, and this is a track that she and the thing about the big thing the thing we were talking about before the start of the uh, podcast is that she uh you know there's a lot of fe- centering of black LGBT people and you know in club culture ballroom culture in in the album and this is definitely one of those because you got the samples uh you got the get with you sample by by DJ Liddell Townsell and MTF which and you also got another sample of um Donnie Donald Bay Dance and Kim Cooper's unique but and then of course the track was produced by uh uh Honey Dijon who's like a Chicago um house DJ producer also a trans right. woman uh and you got right. the yeah, you got Dave Giles and Green Velvet. And then, of course, if you the, the voice that you hear, if you're not aware, uh, who's saying like "bitch, I'm black" is a like T.S. Madison, who's a very uh, popular YouTube star, and it's true also also, also, tra- also uh, a trans also, woman, also, also a porn star. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> great word, great word. Yes, um, 
but yeah, so it's, it's the inclusion of all these sources and all these people that that help make music that she's that she's like paying homage to. That thing, that, to me, that gives the album depth. It gives to me, it gives it the depth that uh, Drake's album, who's also on here and on Heated, uh, it gives it gives it a depth that his album lacked to me because it, there's, there's no, yeah, there was there's no center to. I mean, yeah, of course he he's pulled from that sound before. You can, you know, of course, uh, I know um, Toronto. Uh, He's Toronto, right? Is where it's from, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Toronto has, you know, it has a West Indian population, and it has that sound, you know, there. So it's it's some there there, but it's, he didn't make it the centerpiece the way she's making making uh, oh, ballroom yeah. culture and 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 uh, black LGBTQ people the centerpiece on this album. And that's because, and, and to keep it short, Drake, Drake, in so many words, he doesn't have the range for that, you know. And I, I think it would be. Uh, I'm not gonna say tacky on his part, but it wouldn't feel genuine. You know, Drake tried to to try to do some of those same moves. Like people, you know how people already call him a culture vulture. That's yeah. the old Drake <laughs> trying to steal the house sound. You know, but yeah. but I think um, I honestly think they were in cahoots while making these projects. Probably. Like I'm yeah. pretty sure that, you know, with him being, you know, featured on well not featured, but him having writing credits for the reference track and the writing credits for Eden. You know, and uh, I'm kind of mad that they weren't on the song together. Someone mm. did a mashup of it, and it sounds pretty good to me. You know, they worked before too, because you know they did mine on uh, yeah. Beyonce subtitle. Mm. So yeah, I, I think they went cahoots. That's why I don't like really comparing the two, like because obviously the Beyonce album was much better. Like as mm. far as we're talking about, like transitions, yeah, uh, just the production, the, just the details, the vocals, all. But I will say, as a straight man, <laughs> I do. Uh, I do like uh, relate a little more to the to the Drake album just off some of the lyrics, you know. Even mm-hmm. though I, I don't live the life Drake lives, but yeah, yeah I did get caught up singing some of the stuff because it's just it's so catchy and it's so trifling some of it. So <laughs> <laughs> I would say, with, with, I think with Drake, I think he could he couldn't necessarily he wouldn't necessarily have to draw on. Oh, he wouldn't necessarily have drawn the own sources that she's going to as far as like the ballroom culture. But I mean, there's a history of rap and, and hip hop mix, rap and house mixing. Like you got, oh, for sure. uh, you got the Jungle Brothers, and you got like Snap and uh, CNC Music Factory. And you, then you got like, uh, of course, even like Heavy D and Aaron Hall and um, Kate Trinata now. Kate Trinata, yeah. A lot of rappers, right? There's a, there's, I think he could have pulled from from. I think he could have rapped more. Most as I said, we said before on the previous uh, podcast. I think if he rapped more and drew from and drew from that well, you know, of, of like rappers, rappers and house house mixing together and do it and, and did it in like in your face way instead of just kind of being like more laid back sort of Afro beats and like mellow sort of sort of vibe. More tracks like Sticky, basically. I think he could mm-hmm. have made, made like a stronger cape, stronger impact. Uh, I think, but you know, oh well. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah so you got cozy that's going that's happening and then you go right into the alien, alien superstar which again uh does another uh flip of a uh, of a track this one uh right said phrase i'm too sexy but to me uh the social author says she pulls it off which i think she does too pulls it off i think she she makes it she, she somehow makes it uh <laughs> so, uh em, i guess i could say emotional or like she she kind of she she gets the emotion out of, out of the out of the melody because you hear that you know i'm too sexy you, you immediately go back to like 1992 and and for me watching like you know old episode watching episodes of uh america's friends home videos where they would like do a little montage people doing stupid stuff to it you know <laughs> thinking about childhood but she managed to like to like you know give it some you know some uh pathos like a better word or like just she managed to make it work if not, if not even, mm-hmm. 
to me. And then, uh, you know, this is where we get more of a, um, we continue as a house influence, but also you got more of that, that ballroom C, ballroom MC attitude in her delivery uh, with this oh, track. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was watching an episode of Pose. Uh, yeah. <laughs> really, which is, I mean, not a bad thing, but yeah. uh, I definitely got felt sucked into that world. Yeah, especially with the unique, yeah, <laughs> which you know, uh, kind of you know, if you're from Alexandria and, and you, you're a certain age, you remember the club unique, which was a gay club here, so but I don't think she was shout- oh, wow. shouting it out, but anyway, <laughs> right, uh, right. and of course, Hanley John's on the track again, um, and you know, she so it it, it, it continues to move, but it, it gets more up tempo because Cozy's very, a very kind of laid back, you know, beat, but this one's a little bit more in your face, you know. Um, and then we go right into which then the move flips a bit. Next track, Cuff It, uh, which is like pure late 70s Nile Rogers, who's on the, on the guitar. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's, yeah my, that's my favorite track on there. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't think it's, I don't think it's had any samples on. Well, no, uh, Cuff It, you got interpolation, you got interpolations, um, because you got well, she, she leads also on production on percussion, unless I'm not sure if they sampled her or, or she was like she played in the studio. But Cuff it, if you hear that ooh la la la, of course, that's a reference to Tina Marie. Uh, so you got that going on, but yes, yeah, I love it too. Like, you got it's like it felt like it felt organic, you know. I'm, I'm sure there were probably some samples in the mix. It felt like they like a band recorded that and she just sang along on the mic. Mm-hmm. It felt genuine too, because mm-hmm. I mean, here comes some of the criticism for it. It, it it just felt like she was really having fun. It didn't feel, I don't want to say forced, but on certain certain songs, I just some of the lyrics, I'm like, this doesn't really sound good. Like, take a shot every time you heard the word thought on this album. Like, <laughs> it's just like I'm like, uh, uh, we don't, I don't even know anybody to say that word for, but you know, hey, but yeah, I, I like I just like Cuffy. Cuffy just felt fun. It felt like a like you're roller skating at a uh, mm-hmm. skating rink or something. I love it. Yeah, this is like the prequel to Blow in the sense like you, you play we play Cuffin in the daytime, then after dark you play Blow. <laughs> mm, okay. Straight <laughs> <Same> DJ. <laughs> in the skating rink. Well, the Blow is after part of that, I guess. But you know. <laughs> uh, then, yeah. Uh yeah, then tell about uh transitions, like the transition from um Cuff it to Angie, like it seems like I didn't even notice it the first time I, I heard it. I, I had like, oh, we don't know. I was like, oh, we don't, we don't know that track, <laughs> you know. Um, so then we go right into Angie, and of course, we're gonna get into the mess in a second. Uh, Angie, mm. <laughs> Angie, uh, she collaborates with uh, with Pharrell, but also, and then also you got a Jamaican rapper, uh, Beamers on there. That's when you start to get more into like the dance hall, a bit of that, you know, dance hall vibe. Uh, I guess a bit of uh, Afro beat too, which is gonna, you know, they'll go back to you on Move, which we'll get to that in a minute, but yeah, so you know, I'm sure as you if, if you've been just glance at your Facebook timeline this week or on Twitter or whatever, uh, Khalees uh, has made it known that she was not pleased at the fact that uh, a, a, a sample of Milkshake, which is, of course, a hit she had back in 03 with the Neptunes, was, was used on this track. Uh, <laughs> and she made it, it known. And then, of course, now that her, her uh, sample has been taken off uh, the record. Um, and, uh, of course, the Beehive went, went to action and, and, you know, do what they do. Uh, and I would say in this case, you know, I feel like I, I, of course, I love the album. I love Beyonce, but I can, I can empathize with Khalees. I think that, like, I think what I've seen this week is that, or as a reinforced week for me, that the Beehive sometimes lack empathy when it comes to anybody that 
that's anyway anything halfway critical to say about uh Beyonce. Oh yeah, some people uh tend to not like Beyonce by default or um defend the person who's I guess viewed as the underdog because you know Beyonce is pretty much a brand, Mm -hmm. which is why I didn't really get mad because um she I don't think, I mean, as hands-on as we know she is and can be, I don't think she covers all the bases of, you know, what happens during, you know, during the the process, you know, like things being sampled and cleared or whatever, you know? So this could have slipped through the cracks um, and that's realistic. You know, Khalid just doesn't like Beyonce and she doesn't like Pharrell either. <laughs> well, who, I think- you know, one, with Beyonce. Very close. I was just like, she doesn't like Beyonce, she doesn't like Pharrell. And she probably feels some type of way about, you know, her work being um taken without her consent, which is understandable. So I understand her her anguish. Um I think it's valid, but I also think it is a bit um it's a bit exploitive because it's 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 uh keeping her name out there and giving her some hot press. <laughs> I actually don't think she, but to me, I, I, I don't think she's actually being that exploited or, or being like that um, uh, savvy, or I guess savvy be the word, because to me, like you didn't, the primary things you heard about Khalees in the past couple of years, I know her husband just passed, which, you know, it's a sad thing, but in terms of her, uh, her, 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 husband, her husband just passed, I think of stomach cancer, I believe, uh, not too long ago. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh wow, that's yeah. my girl. I'm on your side. Right, right. Yeah, but leaving that aside, I, I, I think because I mean, you really, if you think about it, she like, Khalees is almost like the anti-Kaya in the sense that she, you never hear her about, you never see her on any reality show. You know, you'll never, you never, you never, you never seen her um, on on and just going at people a la Azia Banks or anything like that. She couldn't pretty much just stay to herself. And so when she says huh? to, to me, when she said like she was like she didn't care that. That's that's another thing too. Uh, well, several things. Uh, one, I can see why she's upset with Pharrell because, according to her, uh, back in the day when she first signed with Neptunes, they had a, a deal. Or she had this. Uh, she thought they had a deal that they would split everything three ways and ended up just being Chad and Hugo. I mean, uh, Hugo and uh, Chad and uh, Pharrell, and they and she and she she was pretty much cut out of anything that she contributed, which would include and, that would include and that nigga, right? And that nigga in a bad deal too. <laughs> who, <laughs> why who, uh, keep making them? Who for real? Why you keep thinking he's he making the minions? <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, and, yeah, but yeah, but then because you got people because you everybody playing lawyer talking about what well, shouldn't sign, shouldn't sign it. You know, you should you know, working you getting your masters back. First of all, Anita Baker is, is has been working to get her masters back since <laughs> she just got her masters back on songs that are older than us. So if you think it's easy, <laughs> you think that easy to get your masters back, then you know. Good luck to you. Second of all, half you probably in those comments probably have student loans from 0504 that they still paying off that they signed when they were the same age as the Khalees was and they want to get online and be entertainment lawyers. So that's the second thing. <laughs> um, and third of all, she that woman feels some type of way about her song of not being. She's very she's been very clear about how why she was uh not happy with Beyonce. She said that I know what I own and what I don't own. I know I don't own, don't own the song. I know legally Beyonce has no rights to, no, has no obligation to call me to let me know what was going on. But from artist to artist, I wanted that heads up and she didn't give it. And if she feels a way about that, then then that's fine. 
you know, there's other artists like this on this that were uh, you sampled on the album, like Kev, Kevin Alviance or uh, Robin S. That weren't told in advance, or or maybe were, were informed, and infor you know, they found out from other people that they, they were they were sampled on the album, and they didn't have they didn't have the same reaction. But that's fine because every every artist is different. Some artists is not a big thing, but police is it's obviously very much was a big thing. I, I think probably because it, it involved for real, but she feels like this is a petty move on his part, and then. Um, Last last I found it weird that a lot of people were trying to trying to uh make the fact that Beyonce took the sample off as like some type of uh fail because like oh you are you fumble the bag you fumble the bag but I'm like y'all don't y'all don't get it she don't care about the bag she don't care about the bag she don't care about being on the album like she 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 really isn't bothered, bothered to the extent that you think she is think that she should be because it's related to Beyonce I'm just gonna let that <laughs> put that out there right um I think it was pretty uh, a very tasteful move to take her off the album that fast. Uh, I think it's uh, a good look, honestly. And I mean, to be honest, I still don't think it changes the song that much. I don't. I didn't even hear the sample. So I want to go back and try to catch it. Uh, yeah, well, maybe maybe too late now unless you get like a physical copy, uh, I think. Oh, I'm yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, unless I go, you know, YouTube or something, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah. yeah. And yeah, that's not the only thing. Thinking about the album too, but we'll, mm -hmm. we'll get back to that. We'll get to that. Later. Yeah, but yeah. I, I am. I mean, I am as uh, like I said, love Beyonce, but I am kind of happy that Cleese spoke up for herself and didn't, uh, you know, back down when the hive came for her because, like, you know, like I said, she has the right to feel the way about her, even though she doesn't own it. She still create. I feel out there. I believe in what she said. She 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 still created, and she has the right, right to feel a way about her stuff being used. You know. Yeah. So, I mean, just like Beyonce has a team and, you know, she's not writing every lyric, producing, you know, mm. uh, you know, it's a, it's a creative process when you create these things, you know, uh, as you know, as being the artist. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, I think people, uh, no, like I said, I think people just, you know, uh, turn the empathy off sometimes whenever Beyonce is involved and somebody comes out and says something, you know. Even if that person may have a valid point, in my opinion, like Khalees does, so I think I think a lot of those people are uh, a bit unwell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like it's just, it's just you get to see that it's like being a sports fan, you know. When it comes to the the hive, sometimes you know sports fans they get ugly. They throw things. They they say obscenities. They just mm. do horrible things. This is kind of like what it gets like with uh, hive members when it yeah, comes right. to like she, she people. She people called this week, and then she Khalees called it. Uh, Diane Warren called it, um, you know. <laughs> Diane Warren, what happened with that? Uh, she she had she posted some stats on Twitter talking about now she now I think she kind of stepped in and, oh, that was she fucked up with that because she she kept, she she posted some stats about um uh why are the twenty four uh, writers credits on one song uh talking about the Beyonce album and then, and then the Dream responded you know and then kind of went in on her and of course the purpose of the high went in on her um. You know, she was saying it wasn't being shady, but she she posted the mo the uh the uh, eye roll emoji, which you know, it means it kind of was shady. <laughs> yeah. well, I used to do that all the time. Somebody yeah. posted a meme. I, you probably seen it. it's like Freddie Mercury, and they talked about like the people who were used to make. I don't even know what song they used, and then they had like one random Beyonce song, and they like listed all the credits. And I'm like, yeah, oh, come on, like it's music, like it's a creative process. Yeah, and also the more people you that the more samples that are included, the more quote unquote co-writers you have because you have to credit the original 
people. It's, right. It's, it's like exactly. when Mariah sampled Fancy, you had you had Mariah and I think Dave Hall who write who wrote the song, but he also they had also they also have to cite the uh, Tom Com Club, which says who she sampled. So she so technically there were five writers on the song, but I'm sure in the studio it was just Mariah and you know Dave Hall or whoever, you know. Right. Mm. But yeah, so that's a bit of the mess that happened with that. Uh but ne- next track of course, was, the f- was the first single, uh Break My Soul, which was you know, is a little bass line from to Robin S's uh Show Me Love. Not, it's not quite a sample, but the, the, the bass sound is very similar. Um and of course you also got Big Frida's uh track Explode that was sampled. Uh so that's the big thing. Of course, they clever before on formation. You know, uh, we've talked about the lyrics here that they, you know, it's, it's Beyonce trying to be relatable by talking about nine to five when she never had one, but you no, know, it about it slaps still. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so right. And yeah, big, big time horny on this. Oh yeah, yeah. Horny. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. A lot of that. Speaking of getting, speaking of horny, the first next track gets right into that. Uh, Church girl, which is probably one of my favorites on the album. Which I was very wrong about, which I'm glad I was wrong. But actually, uh, it opens yeah. up to a sample of the clock system center of thy way, which which uh, Twinkie uh, was you know happy about. You know, hop, the opposite of Khalees. <laughs> uh and then of course the, the beat drops, and then uh, you know it, it's just it, it's like it's almost fun. like a, it's a it's a it's a it's a sister sister track to um give me body in a way. Mm-hmm. Very fun record. Uh, I, like I said, the, the, the thotty part was a little like. I roll, but uh, it's the production and just her her energy on it. It it, it works. It works. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, at first at first I thought she was uh flipping that Nelly uh the tip drill uh lyric when she said it must oh. be the cash because it ain't your face. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. tip drill he said it must be ass because it ain't your face. But the, but actually that both both of those are, are, are citing uh I guess uh DJ Jimmy's where they at. So. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so. New Orleans uh, legend, <laughs> mm-hmm. and of course, Sugar Man, which is a, is a classic bounce track. Uh, yeah, but even in the lyrics for um, uh, Church Girl, she said, like, in the in the in the in the what's called the verses, she says, like, uh, the oceans of tears we cried, you know, she's telling her references, like, coming through like a hard time, and like, just the, just the idea, uh, consistent, a consistent theme on the album is like, is the club as, a, as an escape, and it's a way to sort of shake off, you know, the, the problems for a while and to, and to sort of, you know transcend and kind of get out of yourself you know get out your body basically <laughs> uh with 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 or without jiggers you know um so in this song definitely i think it definitely uh uh is a good example of that and with the lyrics and also just the, the the beat and everything else i could definitely see it i'm def- definitely waiting i'm i was surprised i wouldn't be surprised if frida was on a on a remix of this because this is to be tailor made for her, or even sissy Noby or somebody you know yes, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. And another track, next track I, I, that I was also wrong about, but also glad to be wrong about it as far as the sound of it was Plastic Off the Sofa, which no samples on this track, actually. Yes, yes. This this is the Clean Up the House track. <laughs> <laughs> uh, big time compliments from Sid and uh, I think Ed Lacey as well. Mm-hmm. No, Steve Lacey, Steve, I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, yeah, C is on there. I was trying to see on there. Um, it, it just feels very like just middle of the afternoon, relaxing, you know, just like, just like, because <laughs> like, I think it, it is like a kind of a palate cleanse after church girl. Because church girl is very like Saturday night, we out, and then like the plastic uh-huh. over sofa is like, you know, we just calm on a Sunday afternoon, 
No, right. doing, the recovery. Doing what you do. Yeah, the recovery. Yes, the shake back. Uh, and and this, another seamless transition into Virgo's groove. Uh, just the longest song on here, right? Like yeah, like six, six, minutes. six minutes. Yeah. Very bouncy, very disco. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, oh, you ever, if you ever listen to uh, you ever listen to Voyager from Daft Punk? Yeah. Yeah, that boom, boom, It sounds like a slowed down version of that, you know. Um, and but mixed with like R and B, of course, and funk and things like that. So it just, but yeah, it. I can see that's like the extended like. That'd be like a scene where it was in the movie, like the music, like like the the sound would drop out and be like, like a slow pain of everybody <laughs> getting their life. Um, I was like a track um by the um Sister Sledge called uh, "Lost in Music." Have you ever heard that track? Mm-mm. Yeah, I think now Rogers produced that one. She'd be like, "Yeah, it's it's not Lost in Music. It's a bit more grand, but it, to me, it has that that lush feel of like disco R and B funk." Huh. Yeah. So, so then things switch up again, but uh, move, 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 move. Which of course features uh, the icon herself, Grace Jones, which is surprising because Grace Jones uh, kind of criticized Beyonce in her memoir, saying, you know, been saying like, you know, she doing what I'm already, she did, she did what I already, she's doing what I've already done before, you know. Uh, mm. but, but here we are. So <laughs> that's a, yeah, that, that's a big time feature uh, as well. I haven't seen Grace Jones in years. Mm-hmm. But yeah, move is cool. I mean, it's, it's okay. I, I it's definitely one I, I can skip. You know, it's not my personal favorite, but I acknowledge it as not being you know bad or anything. I just mm-hmm. care for it. I think. Well, I think it's. I wouldn't call it a, a retread, but like I think because she she's mind that sounds so much. Uh, certainly on like the gift uh, that. Um, you know, it's not as much. It's not much. It's not much, much of like oh, like you know, like like cuff it and um. And uh, classic on the sofa, like, oh, okay. But this, this mm-hmm. is like, oh, this is like, okay, all right, you know, you know. Like it's, we, we've heard a uh, King of No, we've we've heard the uh, <laughs> the Afrobeat Beyonce before, you know. But so so it's not or so it's, it's not as much of a, a a hair turner. But it's it's a good one, you know. It keeps the mood going. Right, uh, right. And of course, you got um, you got Nigerian singer Teams was on the track as well. So after coming in after uh, Grace Jones, so. Then we get into Heated, which we mentioned Champagne Poppies in the mix, uh, Drake co-writing, um, Boy Wonder on production, uh, John Sweet, Seven, and Nino, Nino. Um, I like and, that song. Yeah, I like it too. I like that. And of course, the Uncle Johnny, if you never, if you don't know, the Uncle Johnny that she's referring to is her uh, uncle who passed away from AIDS. So actually, uh, well, family-wise, it's actually uh, her let's see, her cousin, because it's like, it's, it's a, you know, it's a black name, basically. basically her, yeah, he, yeah. Her, 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 it was a mother. It was a mother's older sister's uh, son, which technically makes makes um, him uh, Tina's nephew, and which would make her. You know, it's it's not exactly uncle, but you know, uncle. Because right. he was because yeah, he, he was older. He was he was old. old he, he was old. And he helped babysit them. You know, he helped, he was taking right. he took care of them things like that. So yeah, this is a and so she says Uncle Johnny made my dress, which she actually did. That's old photo old photo of but Beyonce at her prom. Uh, you know, in the dress Uncle Johnny made. Uh, so I didn't you know, know that story uh, about him until like in a review I read. Yeah, she, on the website she posted like it's, it's a dedication. It's a dedication to him and to all the you know. Legendary children who are no longer here. Um, and, but she, but also in her speech, at, uh, she was honored. Her Jay Z honored at the Glad Awards thing in 2019, 
um, and she mentioned Uncle Johnny. That was the first time I heard her mention him publicly. And then Solange was supposed to something uh, in 2020 about him as well. So, but yeah. So that's what she's saying when she said Uncle Johnny be my address. And again, she's taking on like the ballroom MC, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and the, the fans are clapping. It's all, it's all, it's all good. I get that. I can hear that going off at the club and everybody, everybody just doing their own, you know, uh, Paris burning moment. <laughs> right. And this song featured uh, some controversy about removing a lyric as yeah. well. The words fast, which, um, uh, you know, I'm noticing a trend with this, and it's towards Black artists specifically, because Lizzo had to go through the same thing. She did, yeah. And, and here's the disconnect. These people who initially make these claims, at least from what I've seen, they're white people. And I think the person who made the claim initially with Beyonce, I think they're white, and I also don't think they're from America. Yeah, I think it was and European, I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the disconnect is, because here's the thing. First of all, words have different meanings. Like that's just uh, language. That's just language. English words for the most part. And not knowing how black people talk. I mean, granted, black people. It's not just black people who use that word as well in slang. But the context of that song, with a black woman saying it, and what she's relating the song to, has nothing to do with uh, being ableist. You know. Uh, and I think there's a disconnect between not knowing her intent. But also, uh, I guess, just being outraged at just seeing or hearing the word. And then another thing, I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm kind of like, did you listen to this album, really? Or did you just hear about her saying it? Like, because I, I don't know. I mean, Beyonce is a very big artist. But at the same time, uh, this really ain't for you. Uh, I just... <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Little, you know, deliver right there. Like it's all for you. It's really all yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really not for you, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, so it's like I, I, don't, I don't know. I feel like she's always going to be great at being diplomatic, especially when it comes to the press and when it comes to things. She's not going to be like Kendrick, who, if you're waiting on an apology from Kendrick for what he said in Auntie Diaries, uh, don't hold your breath. This <laughs> is not coming. Which, He's not taking it. And maybe the privilege of having a dick, a dick, you know. What you say? And maybe the privilege of having having a dick that you know that male privilege of like you know I ain't I ain't sorry, you know. Oh yeah, that too. And, and Beyonce could she could not care. I, she I, I could. Think, and, and I think for the most part, she would still be okay. I think she would probably get shade uh, shade from that community. Yeah. But uh, you know, just like she's gotten shade from uh LGBTQIA before. Uh, oh. But I just I just feel like there's a disconnect when it comes to these criticisms towards black artists from people who are from what I see are white, you know, about accusing them of being ableist that I just don't really agree with. It just it just don't sit right in my spirit because I think it's just I, I think it's coming from a place of I don't want to say ill will. Like of course you I can't tell someone not to be offended, but it's just like I, I just I just don't think there's context in these situations yeah um i guess i'm two minds about it i mean i guess on the one hand i guess look at i guess lizzo and beyonce probably see it as like well is it a battle worth fighting you know yeah, it's, it's not is this word that is this is this word slang that important to keep into the song to where i'm going back and forth and saying you know i said and, and then things devolve until i said what i said and people are trying to drag you like is it worth it if it's, is it is it is it the hill worth dying on 
And obviously, Lizzo and Beyonce decided, no, it's not, and they replaced, they, they removed the word. And I, I, I do agree with you in the sense that people are, um, people who are outside of the quote unquote the culture, um, don't necessarily know that 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 word has its own meaning within the in you know the black community as far as like somebody wilding out or going crazy or whatever. But that said, you know, if I guess I look at it, if, if it's if, if like I just I just named two other alternate phrases for 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 spaz for spaz I and mean, people wilding out people going crazy whatever I mean if it's that easy to, to, to well, yeah, pick, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, that, if it's that easy to paraphrase and put something else in then might as well do it you know to to avoid needlessly uh offending people I guess you know like it I, I think I guess when it comes to like lyrical content each artist has to decide like is this is this worth is this an important hill enough hill for me to to down or, or to stand on and say no I'm not changing it yeah you know yeah, I mean know. yeah not to not not to go full Dave Chappelle but it's just like you know but like, like really though it's, it's just it just gets a bit to me it seems like someone wants there's like a power dynamic too with it like it's like I think sometimes I see some of these like I read the latest piece and I genuinely think she got it was a lot of ego in it. To when she was describing how she felt, you know how she, you know, versus like the the quote unquote community, you know, it, I just felt like it was coming from a place of of uh, kind of power, like taking the power back. Was it a like, tweet or was it? A, uh, no, uh, it's a it's a piece. It's a piece written, uh, I think, in the Guardian. Mm-hmm. It was, I think, it started as a tweet, then it ended up being a piece, a mm-hmm. whole piece written, and it just very, it felt very egocentric, like it was just about her. Mm. For how she felt versus you know the community, you know she's kind of like with the um, with the auntie diary situation, you know you mm. as Kevin, you you was like you know I mean I got what he was saying, you know, mm. and you said I don't represent everybody who mm. you know heard what he said and maybe was offended, but for me personally, it was just I got the context of it, mm. and I, I felt like that was lacking in her uh, and what she had to say. Mm-hmm. I just felt like it was about her, how she felt, and knowing that when we live in the, the culture and the climate and the ability to, like, uh, I guess, uh, hold people accountable, I think she relished, I think she relished that you, more than actually okay, yeah, trying you, you, to. You, you think, you think she. Yeah, you, you think she uh took more she took, she took more pleasure and just like, I'm going to uh, critique her and bring her down the peg than actually talking about what it meant to like the wider community yes yes yeah and then it just and, and and like we always talk about optics it just looks the optics of you like yes you are disabled and you are in a situation where beyonce has the privilege of being able-bodied but you're still white <laughs> mm-hmm. and you're yeah. european you know and you, here you are you know like outside this. the culture right right and here you are outside, <laughs> yeah outside the culture finger waving somebody for saying something that's you know what that we got and we understood, you know, and I never and I, I and I never hear black disabled people say these claims. Like now, granted, now I'm not saying they don't exist, you know, or maybe they're not as visible as these white people, but I never hear that, and I wonder why. Mm-hmm. But well, that's another issue for another day. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a definitely issue of, of different cultures, like you said, comes here this stuff in Europe, like um, for instance, you know, um. And if, if you're in if you were in England and somebody was gonna if we were smoking, people would be like, I'm gonna sit outside and, and smoke a fag, you know. 
Right, exactly. I, I was right. I was in a very different meaning than what we have here. Well, I mean, sure, I'm sure it's well. I know English power costs by a poofter, <laughs> um, you know. But but here in here in the U.S., if you say that that word, then that means something very different. You know, that's what going to smoke a cigarette. You just call somebody out their name, you know. So, you know, it, it's I think it has to do with language, it has to do with context, I think it has to do with um, different cultures and people not and people outside the U.S. Particularly white people not knowing that that. That word means something else within black, which is fast. I mean, it means something, you know, it means something different. Um, or, or it's used in different contexts, you know. So I, I guess I look at it as like again, I go back to you, is in terms of like uh Beyonce and Lizzo, like they probably thought, well, is this worth, you know, is is it worth it? And they and obviously decided it's not worth it. Let me just go with it. Just, if I can just change it and have people like not people the way I because I mean, her intent with the album is, is to is to you know provide an escape and to provide, and to have and to make people feel good, make people feel seen and liberated. And of course, if if, if this is getting in the way of that, she probably felt it was easier to to remove it. Right, exactly. And then mm. you don't want to. And then let's look at the bigger picture. These artists, especially like someone like Beyonce, you're a brand. You know, you're a brand, so you have to protect the brand. And you and like you said, it's not worth dying over. You want to protect the brand, and you want to get everybody's money. You don't want to alienate <laughs> a community money. So you want everybody's money in goodwill. Yeah. So yes, go yeah, ahead, so, take that off. You can right, change so, that. Yeah. So it is, but still a great song, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you know, I mean, we, I, I don't think spot Spaz is um, ingrained in anyone's brain right now. So whatever version of the song you hear, you gonna sing now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So now we got next song, Thick, which um, you know, Thick, uh, it's cool. I, I, yeah, it's cool. It grew on me. You know, when when the beat switches and goes like, mm, doom, 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 that, that's when I kind of I, I kind of get into it. Then, um, you know, it definitely draws more from hip hop than dance. You know, you have that techno bass that kicks in when, when the beat switches up. Um, you know, just uh, run, you know, uh, sex on the brain, money brag, <laughs> yeah, money brag, yeah, yes, yes, familiar territory, yeah. <laughs> Jilly right. here. <laughs> I like when uh, she said uh, she thought she was killing it. I told her to go harder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about, me? What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, <laughs> then we got the next track, All Up in Your Mind, which invent- very inventive production. It's got that, that bass line is nasty. Uh, you got the laser like sense, and then you got um, actually, you got Blood Poppers work with uh, Lady Gaga a lot, and also with Charlie XCX. Um, and also Asia Cook on production, a London producer. Um, I would say for me, I, I feel like it's it's a it's a good track, but I think it could have been better. Uh it's very it gets very very repetitive, which means dance music in general is repetitive, but it does there's no release. Like it keeps building and building and building and building and then it just, it just stops. You know, there's no like boom, then shoot. Like there's no there's no uh building come down, it just keeps building, you know. And and the, the the melody the melody is interesting that she that she sings, but you know she kind of goes that well a little one too many times for me for it to really be like a standout track. Mm. Yeah, I mm-hmm. I mean I mean I mean I ain't got no dog in this fight. <laughs> I, I really <laughs> I didn't care that much. Mm. Uh, like I ain't I'm not saying it's a full skip, but it's just something I just it's fine. Yeah. I can, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, then we get to like I said, as I mentioned before, America has a problem, uh, which you know, Uptown is very, very happy that it wasn't a, a political track. 
Ooh, uh, but, thank God. <laughs> which if she wanted to pull on the original, because like I said, as I said before, the original track is about like, I mean, it does it's, it, it does it in a playful way. The original track by Kylo Ali, um, it talks about like cocaine and how it's like ravaging the community, but it does it like in a way that's not preachy. So she, she could have gone to that. She could have drew on that lyrically if she wanted to, but she didn't. She went, she, it's more like, you know, love is a, love and sex is a, you know, drug metaphor, you know. Um, so, um, yeah, and also the last couple of songs were had no samples actually. Like uh, Thick had no samples. Um, I think he didn't have any samples, and then um, and then uh, I'll be mine had no samples. So, but now this is like the sample of uh, "America's a Problem" by Kylo and DJ Taz, that that Atlanta bass sound from the early '90s. Uh, like I said, this one kind of grew on me. Uh, it's, it's like one, almost like I think. Um, damn, who? Um, they they don't mention him in the vocal rock, but like, you know, like JJ Fad, like Supersonic. Like remember that. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little bit of that, like the, the melody. This one, the mel- the, the, the lyrics are, lyrics are repetitive, but and the melody is a bit repetitive. Well, actually, but melody goes different places throughout the song. Like she, it, it switches up enough to where it stays it stays it stays, uh, it stays interesting for me. So I like it. This one grew on me like over the week. I like it more than uh, I originally liked it. You know. Yeah, I, I, it's cool. You know, like I said, it, it's not bad. I like I like the vibe of it. You know. Uh, it's simple for music. The, the mood, yeah, the mood it gives. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the parking lot, early 90s parking lot music, you know. That doom, 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 doom. That Mortal Kombat synth, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we go on to Pure Honey, which is kind of two tracks in one. Because like I said, the ballroom and, ballroom and drag illusions are back. But, you know, it's, it's another, like, it's, it's another country track, which that song actually samples the, uh, the song Country by Kevin Alviance, who's like a legendary drag queen. Uh, in New York, the House of Aviance. Um, it also samples uh, Loops Feels Like, uh, which is a track by Mike Q, who's all, who was appeared on uh, HBO's uh, Legendary program. Uh, we also got Miss Honey from uh, the late drag queen Moy Renee, um, which they cite in a track, was, it's, it's one of the early tracks, called like a, called it like a bitch track, which is like, you know, is a track where people just talk shit over a house speed and people vote to it and, you know, add to, you know, uniqueness, nerve. Everything. Uh, I like it. Uh, I like the way it switches up. Uh, it's like it just starts like a uh, as a hard ballroom Vogue track, but then it flips to like an eighties synth, synth uh, almost uh, Prince ish, uh, you know, diversion. Mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, it's cool. Like I said, uh, it's this one of those tracks that reminded me of episode of Pose, but you know, uh, I stuck with it, and it's cool. You know, like I said, it's. it's Certain things about this album I know aren't for me, you know, the straight man, you know, but I'm I'm here for it. It's, it's still cool, you know, it's still, I still can vibe to it, but it's a, some moments where I'm like, this is cool, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah and the club. Yeah, we spoke about that. Like I said, I, I kind of feel the way about, about uh, this morale, like, even though I'm a black man, there's just certain ways that it is just seeing a reaction from straight black men it's, it's, it's seen to resonate with y'all in the way that it, it didn't fully resonate with me uh in particular auntie diaries like that song's not for me that song is for the guy whose uh cousin just came out or is in transition or is transitioning and they they don't know how oh. to feel about it you know and i hate this song i just, <laughs> I just when it comes i skip it so every time i just don't like the flow of it i don't like the, i just don't like it i get what i get the yeah. behind yeah. it i think it's I think it's a good moment, but I don't need it. I'm like, thanks, you know, good job. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm so, good. But just in general, like the album seems to just resonate with uh, 
straight black man in a way that I have. Well, I'm just in my own limited experience, limited, you know, uh, view. It seems to resonate more with on on y'all than with you know myself. But but yeah, it's just like with uh, Jasmine Sumpter the hotels. You know, I'm not a black woman, but I love that album. So you know, it wasn't for me. Right. I still I still like it. Right. right, I get that. I, I, like I said, I relate the same to, to Renaissance. You know, mm-hmm. in certain moments where I'm like, you know how you dance sometimes on the floor, and then the trans DJ switches it up, and you like, man, I'm gonna go to the bar and get a drink. This time, <laughs> certain yeah. song, I'm like, okay, this, this one ain't for me. I'm gonna go yeah. get a drink, but I'm still here. Mm. I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be back. Yeah. Uh, then we got our last track, some Renaissance, which you know, um, does your early favorite, right? Yeah, it was a real favorite. It's still, it's still a favorite. Like, I mean, just because I mean, once you if you approach, I feel love. You gotta come with it, and she did. You know, I mean, I would I would wish she would went way up high to the, to the you know to the to the uh, Mariah esque falsetto, but she, you know, but still, she still brought it. I mean, because she sampled, he's a uh, interpolated. I'm sorry, she's interpolated at Johnson before with "Love to Love You, Baby" on um, "Naughty Girl" from "Dangerously in Love." Uh, they kind of slow the bass lines there, but they slow it down, and they and then they uh, and they kind of throw, they throw some simps. And it kind of it kind of spaces out a bit, uh, you know. And so I mean, I mean, I feel love. I mean, it's it's a seminal track. You wouldn't have a lot of the electronic, electronic music that you, ha- you would have today without that track, you know. Um, and then of course, she also incorporates like she she incorporates that, uh, and just the songs. It it brings the album back to where it kind of it brings the album uh, to back back to that uh, core. Of uh the power of dance, the power of the club, the power of community and coming together, uh, and and the, the power of like escapism, um, you know, so it it kind of it brings everything together at the end. Um, I think I, I think it's a good end to the to the first act uh of the, I guess what we assume is a trilogy. So, well, yeah, that's another thing too. What do you think? See, I've heard different takes from different people. What do you think Act Two and Act Three entail? Because I've heard people say that maybe Act Two is like more visuals or more uh, merch, and then Act Three <laughs> might—I don't know—a tour. So it's very interesting uh, to people throw around. I don't know. Well, she was when she had said she, I mean, she said she was recording a lot of music. So um, you expecting more music? I, I think I think Act Two is more music. I think that because. It's interesting that um, this is the first Beyonce album in about almost ten years that there are no visuals. I mean, you got the stuff. You got. I mean, you got the, the Vogue spread, and you got the little video from Vogue, and you got the little teasers that she made the day the album came out that she put on her uh, IG page. But there's no technically there's no official video for "Break My Soul." There's no video for any of the other singles or any other any other tracks. Uh, you know, you got a couple of visualizers and you got the lyric videos and that's pretty much it. And that's a, a big change for Beyonce because even before um, the self-title uh, on B-Day, every song had a video, you know. So for there not to be any visuals, it makes it seem, someone, I think someone made this point on NPR and I agree with that. Um, she, wanted us, she wanted us to hear it, not see it. She wanted mm-hmm. us to visual, she wanted us to visualize and and sort of carry out the renaissance for her in terms of the visuals, which I have seen, you know, this week from the girls, including myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just in terms of like you know people doing routines and stuff, making just you know outfits transitions. You know, the girls are she got we in it. <laughs> uh, so I think in a sense that maybe that's that's what that's maybe that's the idea behind it is that she wants she, obviously like I said the British Vogue 
give an idea of what she what she wants the aesthetic to be in terms of the club aesthetic. But it seems to be more. I think she wants us to be more of a communal experience, and us rather than us like Lemonade was us uh, tuning in and watching her her uh, interpretation, her vision, her visual presentation, uh, similar with self title or even homecoming it was us was watching her interpretation visually of how she saw these songs or her or that or those albums but with this is almost like she wants us to um imagine and bring to life our own visuals our own conception of what the renaissance means maybe i could be wrong and she could drop a whole thing next week i don't know but uh (laughs) (laughs) you know uh so i think part two could be um i think it could be country because no, but like dad, not not dad. Dad is less than country. Dad is less than like that type of country. Like not like straight country. Your country mixed with like, you know, elements of like other sort of black Americana, whether that's psychedelic or blues or things like that. Do you think any of the three acts are gonna be one that pulls back? Do you know which fan I'm talking about? The dangerously in love fans feel like this album is just trash. Oh. <laughs> uh, I don't know, cause I think, she, cause she, and again, other multiple reviews have said like she, she seems to be taking on the role, have taken on the role of like a curator, teacher of black music history, and country is an area that you know black artists have, have historically been sort of like you know erased from. So who better, who 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 has a bigger platform to like, you know, lift up lift up the current black country artists than Beyonce. So it makes mm-hmm. sense. It makes sense that she would go that route if she was gonna do country. I don't think it would be a full on like bluegrass album or like that. I think it would be like, like I said, in the vein of Dallas. Dallas was like country, but also like New Orleans jazz. You know, I think it would have elements of country mixed in with these other like sort of like rootsy um, black music forms. Um, would it, I mean? Someone te- someone joked that, she, that the third act could be like R and B meets R and B meets opera. Uh, all right, I'll read the Franklin. Uh, they interesting love Beyonce. I don't know. I mean, vocally, they heard you. but vocally, I, I think that her voice she's using her voice in a different way than she was then. So I don't know if we would get that in terms of that. I mean, I would love, I would love a 2022 version of Yes from the first album, you know, uh, little, that, that the bass line all you know, alone at that, and then you know, the vocals and everything. But I mean, would we get that? <laughs> I mean, uh, third act, maybe maybe it's third act. Maybe the third act is like you know, capital R, capital B. You know? <laughs> <laughs> maybe I that's, don't know. That's, that's what the old. That's what the. That's what they missing apparently. But I'm like, man, just Do you, are they missing that though? I mean, because I don't know. You think about it, it's like because I mean, if, you, if you're talking about like if you're talking about like you want another baby baby boy, I mean, energy's there, uh, mm-hmm. and then uh, move is there. You want if you want another. Uh, Crazy in love, you got Cuff It and you got uh Virgo's Groove, which was standing for like for Naughty Girl, or even Cuff It was standing for Naughty Girl. Well, no, um, Naughty Girl is more like a little bit more R&B-ish than disco. But like, I mean, there's elements of things she's done past, mm-hmm. in the past right. 20, 20 plus years in, the, in in this album, just presenting more in like a club context. Yeah, because you even think about B-Day. B-Day was like Real ahead of his time, and it definitely was a big jump from to me from dangerously in love. It was like it took a lot of risks, like, like, uh, as catchy as irreplaceable was. I remember hearing Neil say this, he was inspired to make it from listening to a country song. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to it, it's got 
things with like the guitar and just the you know it's got country in the DNA of it. So and then you think about something like uh uh by uh give me body that mm-hmm. that could. I'm not saying that could fit on this album. Well, like I say, it's it's, it's 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 a it's an older sister to a church girl. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's there. But these are the same people who stop who who kind of like uh who kind of like started like like kind of dissing not dissing themselves from being but kind of been mad been in their feelings since like four or uh, self titled. Maybe what they mean is that they they want the uh they want more of a, a, a traditional. Pop song structure Beyonce back. They won't. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they won't. They won't less like you know. They want like intro, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, bridge. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, they want. They want. Yeah. They, maybe. Maybe. Maybe they mean in terms of like structure. They want that Beyonce back. They want. They want the Beyonce that made listen back, or made. Like they want uh, whole, yeah. A whole like love. They want that love on top. They want the listen. Mm-hmm. Um, they want the big ballads, and like you said, just the just the traditional arrangement. Yeah, maybe that's what but they that mean. crowd always funny though. But I don't think they, I don't think she cares at all. She's just doing what she want to do at this point. So just deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> Find a track you like and ride that one out. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I do think I, I did think parts two and three would be music though. What would you say? I said I feel like they got that with Lemonade, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean. They kind of did. Certain I mean, songs. A certain song. I mean, like Love Drop, I think fits into that. Uh, yeah, Sandcastles. Sandcastles, yeah. Uh, uh, all Dad, Night. Dad Lessons, I think, fits into that a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, mean, I don't know. Um, I guess they, well, maybe, they, or they, maybe what they mean is they want her to be, quote unquote, more uh, to be normal or more conventional again. Because, <laughs> right. I mean, no, because you think there's a clear line between like the first three albums, like between James in Love, B Day, and uh, I Am Sasha Fierce. And from four on is when she gets experimental. Mm-hmm. That's when she goes. I, I call it prog rock. Like she just she kind of gets into like these dense projects that she puts out. You know, whereas the first three were more about you know, it's they were standard. You know, album single, sing, album three or four or five singles. You know, prime for radio that sort of deal. Mm-hmm. So. Where did we go? Have you got any merch? Have you gotten all no. your <laughs> the, 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 the uh, Madonna and Beyonce mashup was the first thing I got from the website. Because I mean, when I'm I'm just that's just me. I mean, with merch, I just like I buy it. I'm like, okay, what am I do with it? <laughs> Once I get, You're not it, gonna like, wear the shirt. But I mean, if it's a shirt, yeah. If it's like a shirt, like it's like it's like a shirt if I can wear. It. If it's like a, a bag, if it's a bag, I can you know I'll use the bag. But like. I guess when it comes to like the higher end stuff, like you know, like if like the vintage, the uh, limited edition vinyl, it's like if it costs that much money, and I, and I get it, it's like, well, in the way you want to, pl- I want to play it. But then if you play it, then it has then the value decreases. It's like, well, shoot. right. Yeah, I got a homegirl. She bought the fifty dollar box, and she felt like a, a kid again. So I mean, yeah, that's good for her. <laughs> 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 but no, I just for me it's just like uh it's like I guess like those auctions they have like you know, like memorabilia like you know uh outfits that people have worn like if I you mm-hmm. know if, like if I like if I got the revelation outfit it's like well okay, I got the outfit but like what am I gonna do with it <laughs> you know uh but I would definitely get I mean I, I probably would get a t shirt or like if, if there was like a, a limited edition of like that she put out that they had like you know 
maybe like demo tracks or, or like b-sides or like something I, I couldn't get through streaming i probably would get that hmm. so you're more interested in just the music part yeah i mean in terms of like merch i mean the merch had to be i don't know it had to be something i really want to wear <laughs> uh you know some exceptional uh, as far as for us like in that in that goes oh you ready for a tour would you go to the tour i, I would go yeah, because I want to see. I would want to see how. Because, how, like I said, we haven't gotten any visuals. So, which you know, again, she thinking. <laughs> she may be thinking like, "Yeah, I ain't getting the visuals because y'all gonna come see me on stage." You know, uh, <laughs> y'all queens gonna come out. We don't come out too. She knows. Um, um, I think yeah, because because I think probably probably because of that because we haven't had any visuals really besides the, the uh, British Vogue um, shoot and just more more photos that she's released. Um, that I, yeah, I want to see how she interprets this on stage because I mean the, the album itself cites so much so so much history of club music. You know, you got you got like I said you got the seventies disco, you got the you eighties, know, you got then you got the seventies you know, disco and funk. You got like eighties synth pop. You got nineties uh, uh, Atlanta bass, but also like nineties house and techno. And then you got you know a bit of trap in there. It's, it's just hyper pop. You know, which is the current you know sound of certain certain uh, music is like everything is in there. You know, on now I can't think of it as like industrial. Maybe maybe I ain't got, but I'm sure that's probably in there too. Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah, I would go. Yeah. Would you go? Yeah, I would go. Not by myself, of course, but I would go. I I saw uh, saw formation, and then I saw on the run too. And that was what a girl I was uh, talking to. But yeah, I would go. I would go take a date. Yeah, okay. yeah, I'm assu- yeah, I'm assuming it'll be a New Orleans date, but you know. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, she's going to New Orleans. Yeah, oh, yeah, because, yeah, yeah, Frida, yeah. Mm-hmm. And just, she just, yeah, she she got to go there. Because yeah. they already, uh, she owned she the city. Because I remember when um the video for Formation, there were some people that took offense to her being on the cop car. Um, you know, uh, but, but the underwater, you know, people, a few people like too soon, you know. Too soon. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not going. You know, I'm, you know, they got the right to feel it where they feel. I, 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 I saw, I, I saw it. I guess I saw the, uh, the what she was saying, like not, not just the police abuse, but also the neglect. Because the reason why the city flooded was because of the government neglect. Mm-hmm. But yeah. this is, I, 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 I get. Some of the uh, complaints, but also it's just from some of those people, people that didn't like her already. But and but the Orleans people and certain people, period, places they love, they kind of feel a certain way when when outsiders come and try to make those statements. Versus uh, people who are you know born there from there are there. Mm-hmm. So that's that. But yeah, man. Overall, uh, Beyonce has probably will, will go down as. The album of this decade, I wouldn't be shocked if it's well, we got a few more years to go, and uh, hopefully, we all go through them together <laughs> whole <laughs> um, to get to the end of this decade. But I'm pretty sure this is gonna be an album that comes back around and people bring up and talk about, oh, you know, it was the theme of 2022, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like this. Uh, also, uh, Probably like end of the year list for sure. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would I would put it in some of the best. I've heard. I mean, we got a year where we got Kendrick, Drake, Beyonce, all the drop albums within like a a what a, a two month window. 
mm-hmm. like almost a two and a half month window. So that's that's pretty big. And all of them kind of have collect. All of them come at the, at the right time. Like for the Kendrick album, it was like more about introspective, introspective, um, going within. You know, uh, really looking for answers away from the noise. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like Beyonce's is just like escapism. Yeah. You know, it's looking for fun. It's looking for uh, ways to get through uh, the bad stuff by having a good time. Mm-hmm. Well, I know. Then, uh, oh, go ahead. I was just there. Just there. Show up. Um, um, well, I think out of three, I think because. I don't want to keep getting on Drake, but like I think Drake dug dug the the least deep out of the three. Like beyond, even though even though uh, this album was like an escapist album, she dug deep into like I, mean, I guess like I said, she she mentioned her uncle Johnny. Uh, she dug into like the influences that made this music and made the music and made the music what it is, and that in the culture that surrounds music, you know, that there's some like I said, it's, it's something that deepens the album with the references and with with the personal connection she has to to it through uncle johnny her uncle johnny um with drake i don't i is and then with kendrick of course it's interesting because he's been you know as he said at the opening track he's been going through something and so you, you hear that and you hear that throughout the album whether that you know with daddy issues with you know father time and uh we cry together and, and mother eyes sober and all his other tracks you know he's you could tell he, he sounds like he has been going through something and has been doing some uh internal work you know, with Drake, you know, not so much. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, just, uh, you know, I mean, at this point, we know we know what and who he is. So. Mm. Uh, at this point, I, I know one one a review, I, think, I can't remember what article it was. It said, like, uh, both Kendrick Al- Kendrick's album and Beyonce is an album is similar as far as them trying to um, shake off or, like, relinquish the crowns that have been put on their heads. Because you think with Kendrick, like with um, definitely with Pimper Butterfly, he got that mantle of like you know, yeah, voice for generation, political consciousness, and, mm-hmm. with, and and with this and with Miss Mariah, he kind of rejected that, or he did reject that, you know, pretty explicitly. Uh, and then with Beyonce, they say kind of similar thing, you know, because she says at the beginning on the first track, you know, I didn't ask for this power, and some people interpret that to mean like you know, her sort of like you know. Trying to back away from the, the lemonade black parade uh, mantle that kind of got put on her with that album, and with you know, even with Black is King and with the gift, like she's kind of back away from that that role of like you know uh, the saint, <laughs> uh, whatever you want to call it, and just and just trying to say like you know yeah that's I did that and that's great, but I also want to make this album about going to the club and getting my freak on my man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with her man, <laughs> my man, yes, yeah. Never leave that nigga, y'all. I want y'all to get there, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> it's embracing. It. That's all. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I don't even remember being that upset at the time of Lemonade, which I mean, I'm not that, you know, not that I didn't, hurt, I wouldn't, uh, senses for her, for whatever was going on with them, but it's just like, yeah, she, if they do get divorced, if that, if that was to happen, then it, it would. It would have to be something pre- pretty egregious, I think. But to, to mm-hmm. at this point, listen, yeah. you know they had a whole trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know. So yes, yeah, Jay Z is sticking around for the, the time being. <laughs> oh yeah, at least for the kids get grown. Mm. <laughs> so yes, that is 
our review of Renaissance Act One. Uh, who knows when two and three come out? Two and three could come out uh, on her birthday. Who knows? <laughs> you know, uh, Virgo. I, I, I feel like two. I feel like it'd be a fall release if it does come out. Really? Yeah. If, if it is music, yeah. Oh, if, yeah, if it is, who knows? Act two could be uh, Ivy Line clothes. I mean, Ivy Line, <laughs> Ivy, Ivy Park drop. Who knows? But we will see. Uh, so, yeah, I'm uh, Robert Uptown Bobby, whatever you want to call me. Uh, I'm Keith Clark. And yeah, uh, you stuck through with this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, give us some feedback. You know, let us know what you think of the album. Let us know if you liked it, if you loved it, if you hated it. Let us know. And always keep your eyes open and your eyebrows raised. And I wish you well. Until next time.